Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. We're glad to have you here today as we've got an incredible story to share with you. But just a, just a word of reminder. And we try to do this all the time, but just a word of reminder. Our lives should be very different. Our lives as Christ followers in our workplaces, our behavior should be so compelling that people can't stand it and they want to know what on earth is going on in your life that makes you so different than me. That's what you should expect people to say. If people aren't remarking about your behavior at work, maybe your behavior isn't remarkable. And we need to be able to step back and go, okay, Father, how do I stand out from my faith and my work? And it really starts off with a couple of things, and I'm going to tell you how God's going to answer this. You know, start praying for the people that you work alongside each and every day. Look for ways to pray with people when you notice you're having a rough day. Uh, focus on befriending people outside the workplace so you actually have a chance to feed into their lives. Uh, also look for ways to serve them at work over and above what your job description requires you to do. But all along... It's your excellence in your work that is a big descriptor in what you do that draws attention to your Heavenly Father's work in your life. All of that describes joining the I Work For Him Nation. So we encourage you, go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag, and make a commitment between you and your Heavenly Father to be a change agent in your workplace. You know, um, listeners, I hope that you really are um, soaking in what Jim's talking about because really we mean it and we don't want it to ever feel like it's just um, a repetition because each and every day we have a new opportunity for the day to to start over. And if you haven't been um, living that remarkable life, that Jesus hasn't made that change in your life, it's never too late. So just take that opportunity and really reflect on that today. And in the meantime, connect to us on our website, iworkforhim.com. We have a weekly email that gets sent out, and that is an opportunity for you to hear, read Jim's blog, um, get connected, hear the show shows from the past week, things that you may have missed. So iworkforhim.com and subscribe to our blog. You know, not everyone is gifted to being an entrepreneur, but everyone is called to work and we all are called to work. It's not, retirement's not an option. Not every entrepreneur has the training to live out their faith as they run their business, but today you can go thousands of places to get that kind of discipleship training. And not every entrepreneur wants to run a commercial cleaning franchise, but some choose to do so. Today, we're going to hear from Eric Estes, who runs an Office Pride franchise in Asheville, North Carolina. We're going to hear his story and talk about some of the things he's about ready to learn as he connects his faith to his work as he begins to clean up Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> You're listening to I Work From As We're talking with Eric Estes from Asheville, North Carolina, a brand new Office Pride commercial cleaning services franchise owner who's got a story we want to make sure we share with you today. Eric Estes, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, Martha and I are super excited to have you on, Eric. And, and let's just, why don't you share some of your story leading up to today? Because you are, a, 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 I mean, you've barely been an Office Pride franchisee. Talk about how the Lord has been working in your life leading up to today. So, uh, you know, I, I've lived in the Charlotte area for most of my adult life, 25 years. Um Recently, graduated from Appalachian State. App State. Just want to make sure we say that. Do you remember when they beat Michigan? It was 2007. We were on the front of Sports Illustrated. I have it framed. He just might remember. (laughs) I just want to make sure I brought up it framed. You can tell you didn't go there because you said the whole name. You just say App State. 
I was saying it for the rest of the I audience. Know, right? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, but I, 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 um, how did I get here? I, I worked for a privately held uh, medical device manufacturer as a sales rep and area vice president for, for many years. And uh, one of the reasons I stayed my entire career was I really enjoyed the family culture. And it was a uh, well-known manufacturer. But they used to have a saying, be kind and true. And they really lived it. Um, you know, you just treated people. They made the best product available. Mm-hmm. You treated our distributor partners and our end users, which would be, of course, physicians and hospitals and healthcare providers. You treated them as well as you could. And um, when they invested in the product, you, you delivered on your end. And I love that culture. Um, somewhere along the way, I, I, I um, career-wise, knew that I wanted to go into business for myself and some things happened and but yet not never you didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial family no no my father was a physician and my mom was stay at home she was actively involved in a lot of charity type stuff mm-hmm. but uh two brothers we were you know typical teenage kids dirt yeah, bikes we're not sports. gonna go down that road today <laughs> <laughs> dirt bikes and that's sports a, for our lives right uh, that's awesome <laughs> So, so you wanted to work for yourself, I though, did. someday, even though that wasn't what you had I knew grown I, up in. Yeah, I wanted to be a sales rep when I got out of college, and okay. uh, I did for a long time. But as as kind of, you know, as my children grew, I knew eventually I'd go into work, go work for myself. Mm. It became a question of what do I want to do? I knew, hell, we all know healthcare is changing. I mean, we live it every day. Right. It's a very American type issue. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to probably leave that field. Um, and uh, so I started looking at what I wanted to do. And um, an opportunity came up to purchase a company in Charlotte. Um, my youngest son was graduating. I was going to sell the house. I had met a, um, I'll call her a young lady. And uh, I knew we were going to, would, I would eventually marry her. Now people think you just dated a teenager. <laughs> No, I, it, it, it's funny. He's I, being very respectful, but she's a, a woman. <laughs> she's an adult. Uh, and anyway, I knew that we would probably have a life together. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got an opportunity to get a corporate reload and, to Asheville. So um, we switched some gears and we took it. Mm. And uh, she has two teenage children in high school. And my boys are in college. And we now have a blended family. And uh, so then it became, well, what do I want to do since I'm no longer in Charlotte buying a company that's already in business? I had spoken with uh, Rich Helm and Brandon Wilson prior to this making that decision. From Office Pride. From Office Pride, mm-hmm. correct. And so I got to Asheville, and there's just not the number of bu- Asheville's a much smaller city than Charlotte, obviously. Mm-hmm. There were just not businesses that interested me. And I'd really enjoyed my discussions with those guys. And so I started thinking, well, you know what, I'll, I'll just start something from scratch. So I looked at a couple opportunities, and it, at the end of the day, all were fine companies, but it was the culture and, you know, Rich and Brandon, the whole office. And then when you, when you meet Todd, he's just, it's a very down to earth, very similar culture to what I had come from corporately. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just felt like it was the right place for me to be. And so, um, you know, when you try to do things analytically, you, sometimes you get, to, you well, know, sometimes you forget to get God in the middle of it right, when you do it analytically. Right. Yeah. And, and you, you overthink things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I was just sitting there and my wife was going, you're overthinking this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know what you want to do. And so I talked to Todd on a Friday afternoon and he's like, Eric, you're going to be, be fine whatever you do. Just And I was laying in bed that Friday night and I was like, this is a no-brainer. So I emailed Brandon Saturday morning and said, hey, I'm going to move forward with you guys. Well, let's get together on Monday. It happened kind of like that once I once I removed all the clutter. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's good to have a, a, a. It's good to have your wife speaking that truth into you. Yeah. Now it, she's a new bride. Correct. 
How long were you a single dad? Uh, my late wife passed away in 2005, um, July of 2005, and I uh, had two boys who were four and six at the time. And, um, and they're now in college. They're now in college. Now, junior wow. at Clemson and a freshman at Mars Hill. That's good. You got those free plugs and lots of free <laughs> plugs right here. And I work for him for college educations. Let's talk about. Can we talk about being a single dad for a while? Because that's a tough. That's a tough job. It, it, it You know, it, look, it was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I honestly, for eighteen months, it was kind of a blur. I look back on those days and do wonder how I kind of got there. My my late my boys come from a very large family. I had tremendous help. My in-laws lived about fifteen minutes away. My sister-in-law lived seven or eight minutes away and when i would travel it was you know i couldn't have done it without mm, sure because yeah, you were in an industry where yeah. you had to travel yeah. and it was I, it was not easy yeah and then of course the boys start playing sports and i want to coach and so there were i look back on it sometimes and i think how did i i was crazy and mm. but you know what you you people were put in your lives you're put in situations the phrase i heard this week as a matter of fact was you're never given too much that you can't handle yeah. And so, you know, I, I was able to do it because of people that were put into my life. And uh, and then somewhere along the way, I met my current wife. And I just kind of knew early on, like, I'm really into this. Come on, tell the story. <laughs> just tell the story. I was in a, Star- at a Starbucks near you. I was at a Starbucks in Charlotte, and I was wearing an Appalachian State, another plug, uh, pullover. Mm-hmm. And she made a comment. She had gone to Western Carolina, which is a smaller school in Western North Carolina. And we were rivals. And... Um, of course, I couldn't just sit there and take it, so I commented back, and we just kind of we formed a relationship, and we became friends, and for about six months, you know, we chat and talk, and, you know, sometime, six-month period. you made sure you kept going back to the same Starbucks? <laughs> at some point, I you have know, a feeling he got her phone number at some point. <laughs> yeah, the, the beauty of texting, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'll say we, we evolved into a text ship. And then it became a relationship that, uh. that summer, about six months after I met her. So, mm. And here we are four years later, and we're married. Yeah, that's Congratulations. Awesome. That's fantastic. Mm. Why don't you give a shout-out? Cindy, I love you, babe. Aww. That's right. Okay. So you are, I mean, you haven't even got the, you haven't started put the shovel on the ground yet with Office Pride. No. I mean, you just signed papers. I'm waiting on off. I'm waiting on business cards. I mean, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But he does have an email address. In case you're in Asheville and you're looking for a clean a, a cleaning company that will do what they say they will do, you can get a hold of them, Eric Estes at OfficePride.com. All right. So, so there you go. So I'll give you that plug. Talk to us about this. You, you worked for somebody else for 25 years, mm-hmm. but yet you said you always want to have your own business. What was it about having your own business did you like, I want that. That's something I want. So the, the, the medical device manufacturer I worked for for a long time, they, they really left me alone, honestly. They allowed me to be me. They, every, and that, that was true of the whole, all the salespeople. They allowed them to be themselves and, and do the job. And perform. Obviously, when you're in sales, you have to hit numbers. Right. But they, they, did, they weren't, how can I put it? They weren't, you know, they weren't f- foot on the throat kind of. Mm-hmm. typical cor- corporate America. And um, they that kind of independence is hard to come by, especially yeah. in the mel- medical field. That's what I'm trying to figure out why you became an entrepreneur because you had complete independence. But, well, <laughs> we, we, were, we were acquired ah. and it became a publicly traded company. Oh, so the culture and year shifted. One, year one was great. After that, it was not so great. So the culture, culture shifted. shifted dramatically. So let's talk about culture for a minute because mm-hmm. we, we know um, our listeners have heard us talk month after month after month about the amazing culture at Office Pride. Yeah. But 
before we even get to that, why is culture so important? Well, I've li- I, boy, I went from one extreme to the other, mm-hmm. and I, I know where I thrived and I know where I didn't. And so this culture is very allowing me to work for myself, though this time differently. Mm-hmm. But um, it's very similar to what I, I I was very successful in for twenty years. And uh, so culture directly influenced your success. Yeah, no question, no question. Very, you know, one of the. Again, I was in, I'm in the Southeast, so people are a little more laid back unless you're in Charlotte. But well, <laughs> <laughs> No offense to anybody in Charlotte listening today. I'm from the South, I can say that. But uh, golf shirts, dress slacks, and loafers. And, you know, that's very common, you know, laid back, never, never, never the stereotypical kind of Philly, mm-hmm. New York kind of thing, Boston. But I thrived in that environment. And when you meet the people from Office Pride, they are very much – you know, a low key kind of group of people. They're 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 wearing golf shirts and khakis and a jack a sport coat if they need to for the right occasion and, mm-hmm. and a tie if it's appropriate. But it's a very similar culture. How do we treat people? We treat them the way we want to be treated. How do we treat our customers the way we would want to be treated as customers? And it, you cannot miss it when you meet them. And that uh, when you're a salesperson, you're very entrepreneurial anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that kind of it, it kind of became a progression, right? I did very well working for a, a, a large medical device company. Now let's leave in the field, but using those same things that allowed me to prosper working for a company. Now let me put those into play for myself. You know, one of the things um, I just, I'm sure people have studied this and made the connection before, but until this moment, I'm, I don't think I've ever articulated it before. I think one of the things, don't you think that wearing loafers and khakis and polo shirts for a lot of people, that's re- representing being real. Yes. You're not putting on a facade. You're not right. pretending to be something that you're really not. Right. How does that equate into um, being a successful salesperson, do you think? Well, you know, look, when you walk into a physician's office, which I did for 20, you can usually, please don't take this the wrong way, pharmaceutical representatives, but you can usually tell a pharmaceutical representative right away. Oh, yeah. The whether they're, they're to see the doctor or whether they're there to be a patient. They, the way <laughs> yeah. they are dressed, they're you know dressed right away. They're dressed to the nines. Yeah. That's right. So it didn't take me long to figure out, do I want to look like everybody else mm. or do I want to be different? And coming in, I mean, look, I looked appropriate. I did shave. I did right, comb my hair. Right. But, you know, when you have medical equipment and you come in and you're relaxed and as relaxed as the people in the office... It, I think it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It usually, you know, when, when you're a customer, your guard usually up when you see salespeople. Mm-hmm. Well, it does disarm them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the reality is um, selling is more about listening and engaging what a customer wants um, versus, look, I always wanted to sell a certain product, but if it wasn't the right product for a person or a, an office, by listening to what their needs were, you find out actually what they do need. Hmm. And I found that wearing a tie and a suit usually put their barriers up a lot a lot more so than if I was dressed like if you know from the area like they wanted to be yeah, dressed yeah. <laughs> let me just go off the rails with you for just a second so you worked for a privately held company for mm-hmm. 20 plus years then they sold out to a publicly traded company mm-hmm. have you ever gone back to the the guys that sold out and say you know you never considered any of the rest of us when you sold because and here's why I'm asking that question there's a lot I've run into a lot of Christian business owners who when they're ready and they're done and they want their check they don't consider the fact that who they sell to will impact everybody they leave behind. Mm. And what you got left with was a completely different company. I mean, those guys got all their, they cashed out and they yeah. left, but they changed your life. Well, you know, 
that's I never I never thought about it about that that way. But the the company itself was. I don't blame them. They were the fifth generation of family ownership. They they're very unique in American society. Mm. I think it's three percent of families make it that far. It's a became a large family, and I of course from my perspective, I didn't necessarily understand what those guys were going through. And it turns out it became, you know, you always hear stories about family businesses, right? Imagine a lot of cousins in an yeah. extended family, and it creates some tensions that you don't necessarily want. I don't blame it at all. And by the way, they treated me very well, and I made a very good living for a really long time. Well, and that's, that's, and that's fantastic. But, yep. but, but finding the next buyer, finding the buyer mm-hmm. is as important as leaving the, the people you leave behind because as Christ followers, I don't know if these guys are Christ followers or not, but we need to be contemplative. So let's just say 25 years from now when you go to sell your office private franchise, you need to make sure that you're selling to somebody that's going to treat your people the same way you've treated them or better I mean, that's what you owe to those people because they've been dedicated to you. Let's just talk about the way God has prepared you for doing this job. I mean, you're, you're, you're about laid up to, you know, in the next couple of years, you're going to hire 30 to 40 people. You have a rotation of 30 to 40 people based on past interviews we've done. You're going to impact all kinds of uh, uh, customers and vendors. How has God prepared you for this new role really as head pastor of an organization? Well, gosh, I would say with my own personal life, he put me in about as difficult a situation unexpectedly as I could handle when I was in my early 30s. Um, so we all, everybody has adverse situations come up in their life. It's how you handle them. I don't think I'll ever come across anything that was that trying as I did when I was 35 years old. So that would, I would tell you is honestly how I view this preparation for that. Um, I've got, I've, been able to be exposed to an environment of how I want to treat people. I've been able to be exposed to sales. That's the least of my concerns, honestly, is how to sell. Operationally, I'll find the right people to help me. That's probably not my strength. But as far as trying times, hey, I've been through some trying times. It, now it's um, I've got a support system at home again that will yeah. guide me through. Um, I do think that um, putting the right people around me all this time has prepared me for this step and I'm at a point in my life professionally where I can can go for it and uh, I was able to 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 um, save for a long time and so I don't have the pressures of putting my kids through college that that others might have so I'm very fortunate in that respect you know so you've kind of joined the best of both worlds you have this desire to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. you've got great training from 25 years of experience, Mm -hmm. but yet you're joining with a franchise who's already figured out a lot of the nitty gritty and that's what you buy into. Right. So um, I just, I think that it's really a brilliant um, combination because you've got the drive, but yet you don't have to have all of those failures. You know, you can get to a certain point pretty quickly. And um, one of the things that we know about Office Pride that kind of ties to the last segment was just the fact that they've already determined, you know, they have a culture book right. that you um, get to read. And anybody can read that, Jim. They can go to the Office Pride website and check out their Office culture Pride franchise.com. Office Pride franchise.com. And they allow people to download that and inquire, kind of sneak behind the curtain and say, right. is this the kind of culture I want to be involved in? They're not supposed to sneak, though. Only peek. Behind the curtain. Only peek behind the curtain. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> so go ahead and peek behind the curtain. And, um, you know, just it's very, very exciting for people to read that and say, oh, this is a beautiful culture. All right. So, Eric Estes, let's just dream for a minute. Mm-hmm. A year from now, two years from now, five years from now, when your Office Pride franchise is cruising as well as it can cruise. 
What kind of impact do you want to make on the community of Asheville, North Carolina? Well, look, um, I hope that I make the same impact I made in my last community of Mooresville, North Carolina. You know, I, one thing about living in smaller places or smaller communities is you do get to know a lot of people, and it's not just based on uh, – it's based on they know you for who you are. Mm -hmm. I hope that in my smaller community of Asheville – or I'm going to live in Arden, which is a suburb, but literally you cross the street – I want people to say, hey, look, there's Office Pride. There's Eric Estes. He's the owner. He and his family have, have helped people along the way. They've been employed. They've been boosters of the, the school. They've, um, they've donated to various charities. They've, they've helped out various people in situations. Eric's provided learning opportunities. Eric and, at, at that point, I, by the way, I hope Cindy's involved somewhat. Um, <laughs> but uh, Eric and Cindy have been able to, to provide people with some opportunities to learn, whether it be leadership or provide jobs for people that yeah. wanted a little extra income or people that wanted um, to make a career in, in, mm -hmm. in our business. Mm -hmm. um, one Do you of hope my, that one of your kids, five years from now, one I, of your kids is involved? I would bet it's my youngest one, not my older one. Wow, for sure. Well, well, and Cindy's two kids too. You never. I mean, then five years from now, they'll be one of them will be out of college. It, no doubt. I, you know what? That's putting it in perspective right there. It's That's hard right. to think about. <laughs> Eric Estes with Office Pride, Asheville, North Carolina. Thank you for being on I Work for. Hey, today. thanks for having me today. Mm -hmm. All right, make sure you check out Office Pride. Maybe you want to be an office. You want to be a franchise owner like Eric. You've always wanted to be, and you love what we talk about on the culture for Office Pride. Check them out at officepridefranchise.com. Officepridefranchise.com. You've been listening to I Work for him with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work for Him podcast with your hosts Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iworkforhim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iworkforhim and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com. 